All right, and we are live. Um, you guys are going to enjoy this one today, I promise you. So stay for the whole thing. Uh, this is a returning guest, an old, old friend. And one of the early videos I did with him was, uh, let me see here, 2014, I think it was. Yeah, yeah. Long time ago. Um, so let me uh, pull in my good friend, Pete Ferrante. How you doing, brother? How you doing, pal? Everything good, Rick? Rich? Every, everything's good in the hood, my man. Um, yeah, yeah. We, Dude, I was just looking at the old video that we did back in the day in your Dodge Charger. <laughs> and I'm going to put it up on the screen because like, one of the things that I want to talk about is, is how things have changed since then. Um, for the better in many, many ways, you know, as well. But I've known Pete for a long time. Uh, we met in Entrepreneurs Org in Toronto. Um, I don't know, 2009, 10, 11, it's over a decade for sure, right? It, it's got to be, right? I mean, at, at least that long. I, I, when you said 2014, I was like, oh my, is it possible? I'm not, I'm not old enough to have done one of your original videos. From, you from are. 2014. You are, dude. <laughs> you are indeed. Uh, it was so, you know, I've said this before, but I mean, the concept was really just to kind of like roll with a bunch of, um, you know, my friends and their success rides and then tell their stories about what they had to go through to, you know, get the toys and, you know, some stuff that was going on in their business and lives. And I, I don't know, I put out like, four or five episodes they were about anywhere from 10 to 15 minutes long uh did ian far uh actually i did ian twice we did another one in his hangar too by his plane at one point uh, a yeah, couple I years after bmw i think that was his gig right yeah yeah bimmy and he you know he got rid of that and he's moved into other businesses since then but um yeah so for this playlist guys the um the talking points are really conversations around chasing excellence you guys are always asking me questions about that so it's one of the one of my favorite pastimes is to spend times with successful entrepreneurs and some of the best memories that I've had were being in private forum groups. Um, and these groups are, they're basically closed doors. They're private conversations. They run for, can be uh, three or four hours, upwards to five or six hours, depending on what you're doing with the presentations. And you really dive deep on a lot of stuff that's going on in your business and your personal life and stuff like that. So. Um, I was fortunate enough to be in a forum with Pete um, at one point as well, too. But uh, yeah, you know, as life goes, you know, you kind of go and move in and out of these things. Um, you know, we've been good friends the entire time and uh, stayed in touch. We also do drives together. So, you know, Pete's another big car guy. Speaking of car guys, let me show you the, uh, where's the share screen? <laughs> oh, you got to see this, buddy. You have to see this. Like, look at, look at these two guys over here. <laughs> This, that, that cannot be us dude look at that dude look, look at it like i think that that was back in your fatter days too because i mean dude, you've... i was i would that that picture there i was probably sitting in that car at 206 210 yeah. somewhere between 25 and 210 and holy shit and you recently competed too in a men's um what's the category for over 50 for fitness uh old farts yeah, that was a, <laughs> no, it's the the fucking masters or something like that. So it's it goes, you know, you've got a, a couple of different categories. But I was the, uh, I I I was in the over forty and I was in the over fifty. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I, I loved it. I mean, um, you know, what a difference. So if if that video was, you know, somewhere north of two hundred, um, I stepped on stage. First time I stepped on stage, I um, I took second, and that was when I was early forties. Um, and then this last time, I, I wanted to do it one more time when I was fifty, just because it was difficult. Because why not? Yeah. And I wanted to see, just say, you know, and, and almost set an example for my kids as well. Say, so look, man, this fifty can look like this, right? Yeah. It doesn't have to look like the guy in that picture. And I yeah. was, I don't even know if I was. Um, uh, um, geez, I don't even know what how old I was at that point. But you're you're over fifty because I remember being in the forum and you used to bring like broccoli and chicken meals to <laughs> the forum meetings because you wouldn't eat what the restaurant was bringing because yeah. you're all like tight about your diet at that time too. You had to be, man. I mean, you know, the the reality is it's it's the difficult part about any um, and and I again I wasn't in the bodybuilding competition. I was in the more the physique, right? Yeah. Um, so it was symmetry. It was, um, you know, commensurate to your age and, and obviously that sort of thing. Um, 
but lifting heavy shit and putting it down is not the hard part. That's the easy part. It's mm -hmm. the discipline. It's the, you know, like you say, going to a fucking restaurant where your buddies are sitting there eating, you know, steak and mashed potatoes and, and drinking beers and you bring out your, the desserts with all that stuff too. Yeah. yeah, dude. And you bring your Tupperware container with broccoli and chicken and drink water. Yeah. That's the hard part. It's yeah. not lifting the weights. I want to talk about, about aging as a man, you know, since I kind of crossed this, when I was looking at the video, I was thinking to myself, damn, like, you know, we've changed a lot in the last seven years. I mean, we've both, both grown proper facial hair now instead of stubble. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> um, here, I'm going to throw this up on the screen and you know, this is your public Facebook. So before I do it, like, are you okay with that? Cause it's, yeah, it's got yeah. the globe. So it's, it, give a shit. it's public. So this is a picture of you from, I think this is from mastermind talks. Cause we that both was... had like headshots done by Jason's, you know, professional photographer. I think that was about right. 2010, 2011, something like that. 20, yeah. I didn't, was it even 2010? It was, it was a while ago. Yeah. I don't know, but I got the same dorky pictures as well, but this is you like, you know, today, like several years later. Right. Yeah. So, you know, men do really age like a fine wine if you do take care of yourself. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. If you take care of yourself. Yeah. It's, 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 yeah, it's really, really important to like put an emphasis on self-care as a guy, especially when you're an entrepreneur and you're trying to put a dent in the universe and chase excellence because right. everything is trying to derail you from that purpose. Everything. 100%. So, employee issues, kid, you know, like issues with your kids, with partners, with uh, vendors, suppliers, your spouse, like everything comes your way. Everything, everything gets thrown at you. Everything gets thrown at you and it's, it's how you handle things. And you, and you kind of going to go in, you know, one of the bigger lessons, um, I learned going is, is, is anticipating that it's not a cakewalk and, and doing shit sometimes because it's difficult. Um, and, and understanding that it's how you're, how you respond to a challenge, to a, a situation, to a, a goal, whatever it is that really makes the, the biggest difference. Right? So as of right now, you've got two businesses, like, like two main businesses, you've got a gym and you've also got your environmental, uh, hazmat company, like right. explain Faro Canada. Cause that's a company that basically gets rid of environmental issues and buildings and spills and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So. You know, we've been around since um, 2003, Faro Canada, Faro Environmental. Um, and we are basically hazmat contractors. So we do all, all kinds of remediation and abatement um, from lead and mold and PCBs and all that kind of shit mm -hmm. um, up to and including some, you know, soils, groundwater, um, that sort of thing. Started, uh, like I said, started in 03 and uh, haven't looked back since. We, um, uh, um, you know, we, uh, um, we're fortunate that, that even with COVID, I mean, the gym is a dumpster fire. It took, it has taken a beating and we're, yeah, I want to talk about the gym after that. Too. Yeah, we'll get to that one, but that one's, uh, that's a whole other ball game. And there's, you know, there's nothing worse than being in a, a situation that you, you did not cause. I have no problem with, with failing at something and looking at it as a lesson and learning and adapting and moving on. Mm -hmm. It's a whole other story when, when, um, you did nothing. You were chugging along, you know, nicely. And, and then all of a sudden, you know, someone pulls the floor out from under you. So and then you're forced to respond. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll get so, to that, but, but yeah, so Pharaoh does all of that great stuff. And, and we're fortunate that, that, um, you know, there was a need for what we were doing. We do infection control and, you know, uh, indoor air quality improvement, all that stuff. Right. Is that servicing across Canada or are you local to the GTA? Um, 90% of what we do is, uh, provincial. You know, I seem to remember you talking at one point about, about having to travel for some, for some larger contracts too. Like do you still yeah. do the yeah, international we get called stuff? Out if there's some heavy lifting and, and they can't find right people. So we'll get called out. I've done work on both coasts. I've right from literally Victoria, BC, you know, right over to St. John's, Newfoundland and depending on where it is. Right. So mm. we've, we're fortunate. We've got some, you know, some tier one clients that basically, uh, um, insist that we do, um, their stuff coast to coast. Um, how did, not a ton um, of it, but we do do it. How did COVID affect all of that? Like, you know, the lockdowns, like were you deemed essential right away or, or did you have issues? Yeah. Uh, great. Thought. We, we, we were deemed essential right out of the gate. I mean, we do, you know, some infection control, uh, um, we do, uh, the cleaning and sanitizing as part of the IPAC pro uh, protocols for, um, 
the test is some, some local testing centers, some hospitals, some, you know, immunization center, that sort of thing. So we were, we were essential right out of the gate. The challenge was so as, as, um, as great as that was, and we did get the opportunity to do, you know, more in that space, um, you know, the bottom dropped out the, our, the, our main business is driven um, by the real estate market, which again, the industrial commercial right now is, is okay. Um, we don't really do a lot of residential, um, you know, uh, uh, industrial, commercial, institutional. So when you're dealing with the big landlords and the big developers and the bottom uh, dropped out of the uh, um, rental market for office space and nobody was, nobody's going to work. Everybody's working from home. Mm. So all of a sudden the buildings weren't being turned over. They weren't being renovated, all that sort of thing. And, and this is typically where you run into hazmat, right? I mean, there's rules and regulations and anywhere in the world, but obviously here in Ontario that, that say, listen, you know, you, you, you have, you have to identify, you know, hazmat components in the building, um, and you have to deal with them properly. Right. So you can't just send a construction guy in there unknowing and he starts banging out walls and, and, you know, demolition and everything else. And next thing you know, you've exposed them to all this nasty stuff. Right. Right. So when all that went away, um, the majority of the business that we saw coming in from that obviously went away. Right. So we're seeing it starting to trickle back, which is good. And we've been fortunate that, you know, um, we've been pretty steady, uh, even with some of that other stuff. So again, it was, uh, we were chugging along nicely and, and how, how, how much of an impact that. on, on that environmental business does government regulations have like, you know, they're all, like, since, since, since you started the business like 20 years ago. Yeah. to where we are today. I mean, the government, in my experience with my debt business anyway, I always found that they were just meddling in areas that they didn't understand and comprehend and they always went about it the wrong way. Like, how is it in your industry? Like, yeah, is, we were, is it something that forced you to pivot a few times? Um, yes. That, now, having said that, you know, just by necessity, the hazardous materials industry is, is pretty heavily regulated. There's not a lot of, of guesswork with the surprising exception um, of mold remediation, which, um, which has no regulation whatsoever. Um, you know, so you've got anybody that, uh, you know, that can afford $29 at Vista print and, and, a you know, $99 website can say that they, yeah, this is what we do. Um, you know, but we've, I, it, the way I pivoted with that was, is listen, I wanted to get involved. I wanted to raise the bar, um, you know, for the people that can do that. So I'm on, you know, the board of directors, I got involved in the industry in general, right? Board of directors for the Environmental Abatement Council of Canada. I chair the Infection Control Committee. You know, I chaired the Contractors Committee at one, I founded and chaired that at one point. So the, the whole idea was, listen, if, if, um, if the government won't do it, let's at least try and raise the bar for the pros. Mm -hmm. and, and here's the a lesson that I've learned right across the board. There is always, always going to be room for the bottom feeders. If you're going to be the guy that decides that what you do for a living, what your business does, whatever it is, um, you know, you're a commodity. I'll do it for a, a couple of dollars. I remember in our last conversation in your car, you were talking about that as well. Like you wanted to stay well away from the bottom feeders, anything that yeah, was I'm like, you know, going to force you to compete on price, right? Well, I, exactly. I mean, the reality is, do you really want to win the race to the bottom? That's what you right. got to ask yourself. Right. And, and I was like, I've, I have no interest in winning that race. You know, we do, uh, we do great work. Um, we're pros, you know, we, we have all the training, the insurance, the, uh, uh the infrastructure, you know, the, the equipment to get it all done. We're not, we're not two guys with a and this is a literal story, two guys showing up to a job site with a, what is clearly the family minivan with some ladders strapped to the back, uh, to the top and, and a couple of, pieces of shitty equipment show mm. up to price against me at a job. And I, I literally went to the, the person that asked us to, to come in and I said, Hey, listen, you know, thanks for the opportunity. I said, but I'm, I'm leaving. And they're like, well, what do you mean? I said, I, I can't, I said, I can tell you right now. I said, if this is who you're looking to, to bid against me, we can't do that. I mean, we're, we're, we're pros here. We know we do it by the book. Um, you know, we keep people safe and, and these guys are just not that. So we've, mm -hmm. we've walked away. We fired clients um, for the same thing. Yeah, it's important to, to be very discerning with the sort of people that you want to do business with and uh, take on as clients. Because if you take on 
nightmare clients that that force you to compete on price. It's a pain in the on ass. Price alone. Yeah. I don't mind competition as long as it's fair, right? I mean, really, yeah. um, best um, best piece of advice I got. So simple uh, from a, a probably one of the wealthiest people. Well, one of the wealthiest families that I know, um, and this was the son. Um, went in and and um, it applies right across. It applies universally now for whatever I approach in business. But at the time, um, we were looking at being acquired by a bigger outfit. Um, they came to us. The numbers looked the numbers looked great, right? Mm -hmm. What they were offering. The whole. I'm like, okay. We went pretty far down the line, and I I I just got a feeling that you know this these guys you know they just weren't. They weren't necessarily being upfront about everything. You know, sometimes you just get that your intuition, your spider yeah, sense your just starts going yeah. off, right? And uh, and I've always, uh, you know, your your that a gut feeling is, is nothing to do with ESP. That's just your, you know, that's just your uh, uh, your subconscious talking to you through your experience, your past experience. That's all that is to me. So it goes it starts going off. I decide I need to start paying attention here. And I was speaking to this one guy, like uber wealthy, um, very successful in the development space and, and uh, told him everything. And he's like, well, he goes, all I can tell you, Pete, is uh, honestly, um, good people need to do business with good people. He goes, don't get distracted by the money. Um, he goes, yeah, he goes, it's, 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 a, it's a good number if that's, he goes, but, but don't let that, don't let that, you know, have you take your eyes off of what's happening here right and uh and i pulled at the literally we're at the 11th hour and i i went back i said guys um yeah i'm sorry i just i can't do this and and uh you know i'm just i'm not getting the right feeling from it and i I'm, i think i'm just going to continue doing my own thing mm. and that's when they showed their true colors then it was you know then it was a lot of um you know uh, um, threats and screaming and everything and i'm like well listen you know there we go there's, I've always said, look, you know, if you want to see what somebody's really made of, tell them no and see how they respond. Right. right. 100%. Miss this uh, question. So if you could have a conversation with yourself when you first started up Pharaoh, what would you tell yourself that you wish you knew back then that you figured out over the last 20 years? <laughs> um, uh, um, right out of the gate would be uh, learn to say no more often. First, no to... Generally, everybody, or is it employees, no, is it vendors, it, customers? I think in in general, people feel that when they say no, they have to provide an explanation of some kind as to why they're saying no. Mm -hmm. And and sometimes you you should. That's, I'm not saying you should never do that, but but just be okay with saying no, with not taking on every opportunity, not chasing every shiny new object. You know, um, every squirrel that runs past. You know. <clears throat> And I can't, I think you used this saying once before and I loved it. I, I can't remember the whole thing. Only, uh, you know, dogs, dogs don't, bark, uh, dogs only bark at moving cars or something like that. And, and, uh, yeah, I just, um, a bunch of times I found that there was, there's opportunity that, that took my, took my focus off what was really important. And, mm -hmm. and if it's one thing I've learned through whether it's, the the uh the you know um, physique the bodybuilding competitions whether it's business whether it's relationship whatever with your kid whatever it happens to be is the ability to to focus and have discipline is worth more than its weight in gold not mm. even like talk right? to me about the whole situation with the lockdowns and covid and mass mandates because you have a a gym right and um you bought it just before COVID came and slapped everybody across the face. <laughs> Nobody saw that coming. Nobody no. said, oh, I, I knew that one was coming. It was just like a total shock yeah. to pretty much everybody. And that forced uh, gyms to uh, shut down. Like that was one of the services that they deemed non-essential. And you were <laughs> ranting about it often on your Instagram publicly and you were on the news, you know, about it. Yeah. Uh, I think it was on CP24. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what was your position with all that? Like what all happened from your experience? from your experience as a well, gym owner and a employer? Yeah. Um, it was, it was hard as an employee. I, I, well, I'll speak kind of from the heart first as an employer. It was, it really was heartbreaking. So I've got my wife, um, you know, uh, um, whom I love dearly and, and just, you know, had her heart and soul into this thing. Um, 
you know, she runs it day to day for the most part. Um, and, and watching, you know, um, this, I want to be careful how I say this, <laughs> watching the, watching the, the government fumble through one attempt after another to try and figure out what they're doing, more lockdowns, uh, more restrictions, complete shutdowns of the gym, right? Mm-hmm. Complete, complete shutdowns of the gym, even though their own, um, their own statistics were showing that gyms were the, the, the lowest, um, um, uh, on the totem pole as far as, as being a, um, you know, a, a focal point, a spreading point in the whole nine yards. Um, I think where, where I actually got a little, uh, traction with the CP24, I had global news. We had a bunch of people come out and, and do some interviews. It was just a, v- a very unique scenario. You have somebody whose main business is infection control and indoor, uh, uh indoor environments, like creating safe indoor environments. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and who also happens to own a gym. So yeah, it was, um, it was, there are ways to create safe indoor spaces, plain and simple. And, and I, I'll, I'll spare it because that's a whole other episode right there. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are absolutely, I do it. We do, we do, we've created, um, ways to, to create safe in safe spaces within a hospital. So you can do construction and renovation and whatnot within a hospital when you're right next door to the oncology department or operating rooms, right? Mm-hmm. So you've got to get it right. You, you got to get it right, you know? Um, and, and I just found it was, it was frustrating to me because they didn't want to hear that. Right. It's like when they got to the gym, they, all they wanted was the sob story and, you know, which is, you know, I, we, we were at over 1200 members at, at the, before COVID hit and, um, Every time they locked down, we lost another 10, 15% of our members. And now we're sitting somewhere at 600 and just over 600, mm. right? We've had to pivot. <clears throat> we've changed our, our pricing model. We've changed the services we offer. We've tried to focus, um, um, again, staying away. We are not interested in becoming planet fitness, right? So, mm. and, and this is one of the things you gotta, you kind of gotta make some tough decisions and, um, decided that, no, we're going after, a um, a little higher end clientele. We're going after uh, um, a more mature uh, clientele. And and here's the funny part, I, uh, Rich, I don't know if I even told you this. So with that focus, we expected to get, you know, certainly older uh, clientele, right? 30s, 40s, 50s and over and more. Um, we already had a pretty high end clientele. So, you know, that was good. But once that uh, demographic was kind of entrenched. This is the kind of place we are, right? We're, uh, um, probably one of the safest places around. Um, you know, I set up infection control protocols there. We have air scrubbing equipment, you know, I use, um, commercial disinfectants. I use surface like way beyond any place that we even service through Pharaoh. Um, so what's happened is, so we've, we've obviously had to raise our prices. We, we went, decided on value-based pricing as opposed to a commodity-based cost plus pricing, right? Um, but w- as we got more and more of that clientele, we lost some people that you know, sometimes we were happy to lose. Mm-hmm. Um, but now we're attracting a, 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 you know, um, some of a younger clientele, still affluent, still, you know, we're, we're getting some athletes, we're getting um, a younger clientele that are coming in that want that experience, right? Which goes back to our, you know, deciding what sandbox you want to play in, right? Did all those changes, even even after the lockdowns with the pivot, put you in a position where you're cash flow positive or are you still treading water with it? Um, we're, we're, we're treading water with it just because we lost so many people and we actually started to get some traction back. We're making, um, headway. Um, once we were able to start opening up and, and, you know, we're getting some people back. We, again, like we did this little pivot and move and, and, uh, um, changed our approach. Um, and then the, (laughs) and then the fucking, the passports come in. Right. Oh yeah. And I'm like, okay. You know, and of course, as soon as that happens, there you go. It's another 10% of your members. Right. So again, it's having to sit down and, Okay, now how do we pivot? What do we do? Um, you know, we decided to to um, 
uh, go with the, the passports. We've got, uh, you know, some of that clientele, especially when you get into that demographic, um, you know, we're, we're much more in favor of that, you know, a little bit older, uh, a little more affluent. And they're like, no, we've, you know, we've got our, our shots. Uh, um, and so we kind of went with the, with the majority. So we lost about 10%. So we, we crawled back up to almost 700, 680, something like that. I can't remember. Um, dove back down to, you know, just over six again. And now we're starting to see it, you know, slowly creep back up. Mm. Um, just because we've stuck with the message isn't about, um, message isn't about, uh, about the, the passport. It's about, you know, how we keep the place, the safety of the place. I listen at the end of the day, I've always been a proponent, but listen, if you want to, if you want to stay healthy, get healthy, start healthy. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, you can inject yourself with whatever you want, but at the end of the day, if, you know, if you're uh, uh, obese, you don't work out, you don't eat well, you know, that's on you. I'm sorry. Right. I, I, yeah. I'm always astonished by that. Cause you know, the, 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 there's, um, they have figured out how to get us to fight amongst ourselves. Okay. Yeah. You guys can figure out who they is. Right. But they have figured out how to get us to, you know, fight amongst ourselves. And there's this, there's this underlying, um, fighting point now about whether you're jabbed or not and how important it is for your health and safety. And I keep telling people, I'm like, if, if they actually cared about your health and safety, they would get rid of, uh, you know, excessive food pr preservatives. They get, you know, they get rid of sugary foods and sugary drinks and <laughs> cigarettes and alcohol. And, you know, you go right down the line cause there's a lot sure. of other things out there. Right. But, um, you know, they would, they would make you stand on a scale before you could check out at the grocery store and scan the items that are on the conveyor belt before they sell them to you. Could you imagine? Well, well yeah. hey, I'm not kidding because I mean, um, you know, they're forcing us to, to, to take these jabs under the guise of our health. But if they really cared about our health, they would start somewhere else. Like, you know, are your, are your vitamin D blood serum levels normal, you know, for a healthy North American? Are you taking your vitamin C? Is your immune function functioning, you know, to start out with, you know, before they start jabbing you with stuff that pharmaceutical companies, um, are, uh, you know, working with them on to force us to take. Yeah. Um, what do you think about the state of, of, of things right now in, uh, Canada, you know, as far as the environment, you know, for men, you know, as an entrepreneur, I mean, like you and I have talked about this to, 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 you know, the earth ends for hours, you know, yeah. like we've worked out over the last couple of years at times where, you know, well, we, you know, yeah, we just figured yeah. it out. But yeah. Know, such a great question. Um, and, and, and man, do we ever need some answers to that now? But um, somewhere along the way, um, people forgot how to respectfully disagree with each other, mm -hmm. right? Um, they, you know, civilization, um, <laughs> um, if, I, if I, you know, give me a little leeway here, right? But if you think about it, you know, the Greeks and the Romans who really you know, invented civilized culture, um, you know, this is the way they, they solved problems. They, they, there was, there was forums and, and you would, you would debate healthy. They would be screaming at each other, but they, but at the end of the day, you know, you, you went on and did your own thing. And this is how you, you kind of progressed and made decisions. You had opportunity to, to, you know, have a civilized debate in a, in a, you know, uh, in a forum without, without having to hate the person that had a different opinion than you. Mm -hmm. Right. And we've lost that now. Like everybody, you know, if, if, you what know, do you think that is? Why do you think we've lost that? Well, I think I listen at the end of the day, if, if you haven't watched the social dilemma, the Netflix, um, documentary, uh, you're doing yourself a disservice. You should, as soon as you're finished watching this, you should go to Netflix, look it up and watch it. And you'll understand how we get manipulated. So every time you pick up, your phone, every time you're on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, whatever your thing is, okay, um, you're being manipulated. There's algorithms and AI that literally are, are, are adjusting themselves to get you to go deeper down the rabbit hole. Mm -hmm. And, and, and I, it sounds, you know, it sounds like a, a like a, a conspiracy theory and it sounds like a, a, um, you know, this, or, or, uh, 
George uh, Orwellian, this Orwellian 1984, yeah. but it's happening. Like, and and yeah. this this is people that left those companies that wanted to speak out and say, hey, this is how your algorithm works. Do you think it's, do you think, you know, you get your phone, do you, do you think it's coincidence that all of a sudden you click on one thing about, you know, uh, vaccines, whatever side of the equation you're on, and then next thing you know, more of that starts showing up. And, and if, depending, if, if you spend 4.1 seconds on this uh, um, post and 2.8, you're going to get to see more. And at the end of the day, we've got, we've got um, AI, we've got algorithms, we've got companies that are interested in driving. Um, uh, I don't know if it's fair to say interested in driving a wedge between people, but mm -hmm. they're interested in feeding you more and more and more um, of what keeps you on that algorithm, right? I'm sorry, of what keeps you on that app. Mm -hmm. So all of a sudden, now you're only getting one side of this equation and you're only getting this, um, this force fed um, left or right. And it, it, it does it just by, you know, just by definition, it creates a division, it creates a separation. So now, you know, Democrats and Republicans can't speak to each other. They both look at each other like assholes, liberals and conservatives, you know, you, you have those arguments and and your argument uh, you know your not argument sorry your position earlier so i had a debate with somebody going back and forth over the the vaccines and and i said listen I, um i ended up getting the vaccine i i have a company that does infection control and do all that stuff and i i'm going into spots where it's man i said you know what i gotta get it we own a gym so we we got it it's personal choice mm. normally i would never get vaccines in general right mm. I, mean, I, I don't get the flu one i don't do that but I, you know, that was my decision. Decided to do it. You know, I'm going to live with it, whatever the consequences be, whether there are or aren't any. And you know, I had this debate with a with one guy, and we were back and forth, and and um, and he says, yeah, but you know, your your decisions, if because I was arguing saying that people should have the right to choose, right, uh, regardless of what I actually did, people should have the right to choose. And he was saying, well, no, yeah, but you you can't make a decision that affects me, that costs me, that costs the healthcare system and everything else. And I, and I sat there and I said, so, I, you know, so wait a minute. I said, so the government should be able to tell you, should be able to give you a calorie intake every day, should be able to tell you that, no, listen, yeah, you need to lose, um, you know, 85 pounds, pal. You know, mm -hmm. you need to hit the gym. Mm -hmm. I said, because the odds are likely that you'll be in the hospital more than I will, right? That's what I wonder, man, you know, because because I've heard that argument, you know, quite a few times like, oh, you shouldn't be allowed to make a unilateral decision that would affect the state healthcare system that would affect my health, you know, blah, blah, blah sort of thing. But people can go out and smash back, you know, gallons of booze and drive yeah. and kill somebody, but they still sell booze. Right. Yeah. Um, th there's a social credit system coming. I was talking about this on a video last week on my channel. And, um, it's already here, you know, like it is, it already, it is already here. It already exists. Um, the example that I use was with, uh, Elon Musk and uh, Tesla because they have this, uh, FSD program coming out, which is full self-driving and you right. only get to, uh, update your car with the FSD system. If you have a perfect hundred out of hundred driving score. So the, so the car monitors your driving, like how fast you go around the corners, what the G's are, how hard you brake, how close you follow somebody. And then it assigns you a score based on your driving habits. And if your driving habits are 100 out of a hundred, then they let you download and update your car with full self-driving, which is bizarre to me. Cause if the car is going to drive you, what does it matter? What, you know, how fast you're going around corners or how, how close you're following somebody, but you're getting access to things or being denied access to things based on a credit score that they're tracking you on. And it's not just Tesla that's doing this. I mean, the government's doing it. Um, and I mean, you could argue that they're doing it with this um, jab passport, you know, situation. It's like, oh, well, if you haven't got the uh, piece of paper saying that you've been jabbed, then you can't go to Peach Gym. You can't go to a movie theater. You can't sit down and dine in a restaurant because your social credit score isn't adequate. That's not what they're saying, but that's essentially what's going it's on. It's what it boils down to. I mean, I, you know, I've. It's curious. I'm. I'm curious to hear your thoughts on it because I've. I've had, you know, I've. I've had again healthy debates with people because I really do 
um, I really do try and listen to both sides of an argument. And I think people should. I said, listen, you know, mm -hmm. if, if you're only listening to the right, that's when you create that. Listen to the right, listen to the left, look at, and, and don't just take everything at face value, right? I mean, look at those things, look where they're getting their information. Is it credible or is mm -hmm. it just, they have an agenda that they're selling, right? And then make your own decision. Um, but, but yeah, man, with, uh, um, uh, um, with stuff like that and, 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 you know, and, and the, the, the pressure is getting ratcheted up. So I, I saw today that, that it looks like it's possible that we will be moving out of stage three. I have to assume into stage four because numbers are coming down and everything. What's stage four? Well, so basically, you know, um, three, four, five is wide open, no restrictions. Everything's gone back to normal, quote unquote. <laughs> right. Do you think that's ever going to happen again? Do you think that we're ever going to have the way we, not the way we remember it? No. And, and not even necessarily just because of, of uh, what the government says at some point. Yes. I, I really do believe that they'll say, okay, no more COVID Masks. restrictions and that sort of thing. Yeah. But I think there's been a massive paradigm shift in the way people function. Yeah. Right? So I don't know if we're ever going to go back to you know, what, what we thought was normal three years ago. Um, but, but so now they're talking today. Uh, I, I thought there might, there may even be an announcement coming as we, as we're here on this, uh, uh podcast. Okay. Um, but if you move into stage four, they'll take the restrictions off the gyms that, you know, their capacity limits will be removed. Um, you know, uh, proximity limits, uh, will be either removed or reduced, you know, all this sort of thing. But I don't think that the passport mandate will get removed. No, because that will be likely one of the few things left. So it'll be pretty close to, to normal, but it's still that they, you know, pushing to get everybody to get the, the vaccine. Yeah. Cause they want to track you, you know, they want to know as much as possible about you. And if they, I mean, I would tip my hat and give them a award if there's one available for manipulating, you know, the sheeple <laughs> into following all of these tactics and agendas. Cause not many people have questioned them or asked, you know, why are we doing this? For the most part, they're just like, well, okay, boss, you know, whatever you yeah. say. But um, yeah, I think you're right. Cause I mean, um, the Ford government's been talking about this um, new app, which is going to integrate all of your um, identification cards, so your driver's license, your health card, your uh, position, your uh, uh, possession and acquisition license. So oh, pretty much every single card that, that you have in your wallet will be integrated into the one app, which they're also going to, I'm guessing, infuse with the um, vaccine passport tracking. So you can you can pretty much be guaranteed that, that you're going to have to stick stuff in your body for the rest of your life, so long as you all go along, you know, to get along with what they're telling you to do. Um, it's just I don't know, man. Like it's it, it's it's something that's happened. You know how they like you know talk about. Um, you know, boiling the frog slowly. It doesn't, mm -hmm. you know, doesn't recognize what's Absolutely. going on. It's like, that's basically what's happened over the last few years. And the vast majority of the population is plugged into the lies. Like, like they're okay with it. Like they're drunk with it. It's like, yeah, okay, boss, you know, just give me my freedom back and I'll do whatever you say sort of thing. It's like, well, if you didn't give it up to begin with, then you wouldn't have to ask for it back. Yeah. Yeah. And this is the biggest problem. I mean, I, I listen, regardless of what side of the, the vaccine, um, issue you're on get it don't get it that's your business um i have a bigger problem with the level of involvement that the government has been slowly giving again the boil the frog right like i don't understand how in this country anyway in canada people are not up in arms about bill c50 and and you know um internet uh, regulation and censorship and whatnot and and uh I'm like, guys, this is not right. This is not right. No, they're they're basically gonna say what you can what you can see, what you can't see, what you look at. I said, you know, what other country type of countries do that? Um, you know, China, uh, uh, Cuba. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, there's a theme here. I said, you know, wake up. Uh, um, you know, I, and again, I, I had this debate with again the same gentleman as as previous, where it was kind of one big long one, and I'm like, uh, listen. I said, they're, they're just, they're getting too involved. They're giving themselves too much power. And if it's one thing I've learned through experience, people don't like to give back power once they mm -hmm. have it, right? That's the challenge. Um, which is one of the reasons why uh, the U.S. 
you know, the right to bear arms, why people are militant down there. It's like, mm -hmm. no, no, um, we had to fight to get, you know, our, our freedom, our country. Um, you know, we're not, we're not giving it back. We're not, we're not letting you, you know, take away the things that, you know, that make you afraid of us, so to speak. A anyway, um, having this discussion, I said, listen, does that not bother you that, that somebody is going to tell you what you can? And the guy says, um, no, what do you mean? He goes, somebody's got to, somebody's got to make sure the truth gets out there. And I said, well, okay, okay, fair enough. Let, let's go down that rabbit hole. Who gets to determine what the truth is? And he looks at me like, what do, what do you mean? I said, well, who gets to determine what the truth is? I said, you know, we've got an issue here in this country. Some people are for, you know, uh, um, whatever, vaccine passports or for whatever is being proposed. Others are against it. I said, so are you telling me that we should just trust that the, the, the current government in power um, is going to determine what the truth is? The truth is going to be the truth according to them and their platform. I said, well, no, that's not it. I said, you don't think so. I said, just, you know, watch. So this is going to happen. I said, and then in four years, hopefully when we get a new government, um, the next government that comes in, that if their platform is different, they'll get to decide the truth. And you're never really going to have the truth. You're never going to have the ability to do any critical thinking because you're only being fed one side of a story. Let me ask you this question. Does, does any of this stuff scare you and your wife? Because you've got kids, right? Oh, buddy, I can tell you right now, this is the first time ever. You know, we've always talked and joked, you know, we should move to Hawaii. We should move, do this, do that. This is the first time that we actually um, are, had, had serious conversations and continue to have serious conversations about moving to the States. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we were down in, in uh, Texas for, for um, a bunch of other reasons um, and actually went around and, and looked at, you know, houses and everything else like well listen you get a lot of house for half the money there right? oh man like, i gotta tell you um now it, real estate in in texas is skyrocketing because everybody's moving there yeah it, it, it's been a huge explosion in in uh immigration i guess you'd call it into texas um because of their stance on things they're like they do not give up their freedom easily down there i can tell you that it's like you want to come you want to take our freedom come get it right yeah. there's there's not a lot of uh there's not a lot of uh, of middle ground there, and I and I love them for it. They speak the truth. They're they're decent people. They're polite, um, you know, manners out the wazoo. Mm -hmm. My favorite teams from there. So it was a, you know, the first time we've actually considered. And and I got to be honest, if if some of this stuff that they're bringing into play, like the liberal government has been talking about uh, capital gains tax and even more tax, like we're the one of the most heavily taxed countries in the right where i think we're what are we top three or something uh, de yeah uh, definitely the top five maybe even the top three yeah it's, yeah it's, you know and, and it's, we're, it's listen, we're, sickening. we're shooting for number one listen i think yeah. i promised you the, the liberal government is shooting to get us to number one um you're talking about capital gains on your principal residence for most people their home is usually their single biggest investment not for everybody but for most people right and and so imagine now you're gonna have to pay tax on the equity that you've built up on your house that again, most people are like, well, geez, this is kind of, this was my nest egg, right? This is, mm -hmm. I put my money into this and you know, this is how I'm going to retire through a reverse mortgage or to sell and downsize, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And now they want to tax it. And I'm like, you know, if this, if more of this um, tax and spend keeps coming through, I got to be honest, man, I think we're out. Think we're out. What's it going to take to push you over? Cause I know a lot of, guys i mean i can probably count them on two hands maybe you know two hands and a foot that have, that have left in the last couple of years a lot of them were basically at the point where like you know what i understand this is canada and yeah i'm doing my part and i'll i'll, I'll pay the highest tax rate but the but the straw that broke the camel's back for a lot of them was like the whole lockdowns and yeah. the removal of uh freedom. rights and freedoms yeah, yeah rights and freedoms and a lot of them have moved down to tax-free havens in the caribbean in mexico mm -hmm. a few in europe um, you know, the lower tax nations, like what's it going to take for you to pull the trigger to move? Not much more. I can tell you that. I mean, if, if you don't understand that we are a socialist country now, then you're either being naive or you're misinformed. Pick mm -hmm. one, right? What do you think is going to happen if, if, if more guys start to like more of the high income earners that are basically the tax cattle? Cause let's be honest. I mean, 
you know, if you're running a business and you employ people and you're a employer, your CEO, like an entrepreneur, mm -hmm. you're paying a lot of tax, you know, yourself yeah. personally, through your business, through uh, yeah. source deductions, you know, for your employees, there's a lot of taxes that are being collected and sent to the government. So you're basically being milked as, as tax cattle. Like, yeah. Yeah, what could possibly happen if a good chunk of that well, demographic this, in the Canadian population says, you know what, I'm out. Well, this again, it's, it's not rocket science. You know the answer to this question before you asked it, because at the end of the day, what happens if you, you know, if, if the kid that brings the ball to the field keeps getting, you know, uh, pushed around and kicked and mistreated, takes his ball and he goes home, go somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what happens. If, if I decide, if I finally get there and I'm not far, I really am not far. Um, you know, if are you if, still in EO? No, I left EO. I was, uh, I was I, gonna I ask you, like, it. what's the like, what's the consensus with the uh, other guys with that? I, I'm hearing more and more of it. Uh, yeah. just the same thing. It's like, look, if this happens, we're just leaving. And if and if I leave, uh, all the jobs that I have here leave with me. Um, you know, my uh, investments, I, I'm and I'm gonna open a business wherever I go, right? Yeah, um. You know, I'm, I'm either going to sell off, but before there's this capital gains nonsense, sell everything off, find a nice spot to, uh, uh, you know, ride off into the sunset and do it somewhere else that actually appreciates me. Mm -hmm. That's the reality. That's what's going to happen. And and people think, oh, well, you know, we got to more and more taxes from um, from businesses. And Trudeau called entrepreneurs. Uh, didn't he call us crooks at one point? He did. Yeah, he called us crooks. He literally yeah. called us crooks. Yeah. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Like from what I pay personally in taxes, my wife pays, our companies pay, um, the, what I pay for, you know, um, materials, all the supplies, all the things that we pump into the economy that get taxed at an enormous rate, the amount of fuel for the, the vehicles, like all this stuff, all that goes away. And yes. guess what? The few that are left yeah. are going to keep paying more and more until somebody finally says enough. Right. It's, it's, it's really so bizarre to me that, that, that people fall for that. Cause it's like, how do you not see that they're trying to weaponize the public against each other? You know, it's, mm -hmm. it's, you know, it's gotta be, you know, the haves versus the have nots, you know, sort of thing as if yeah. the haves got, you know, what they got to, I mean, like we were talking about this the other day where it's like, you know, someone will come along and say, Oh, it must be nice. You know, like with your new car <laughs> or something right? like that. And it's like, they actually believe that the government cares about them. They actually think that, that all of these, um, you know, oh, well, the entrepreneurs are uh, crooks or these business owners are crooks and they're not doing their share. It's like, oh, really? Yeah. Oh, really? Like, the government that's why cares some of these guys are just like, oh, wow, man. Yeah, that's it. The government cares about staying in power, period. Yeah. Period. That's it. Right? They, Getting they, bigger, they, fatter, and having a longer term. Exactly. The largest yeah. employer in Ontario is the government. It is. It is. It, it's, it's you know, I was talking to um, a guy by the name of George Gammon. I don't know if you, if you know who he is, but he's a, um, he's a bit of an economist, and he's got a YouTube channel. We did this collab together a couple months ago, and I was shocked to learn that um, I think it was the GDP. Um, it was something like in the 50s because he uses this hashtag and the Fed, and it's not that much you know, different in Canada, you know, the way the... Canadian mm -hmm. government works. It's just, you know, the U S government light basically, <laughs> um, or light and more liberal. Um, and he said something along the lines of somewhere in the fifties, the, um, the, the federal government would have amounted to something like 5% of the GDP. And, and then he asked me, well, what do you think it is today? And I was like, well, I have no idea, you know, 20, 25%. He says, no, it's, it's, it's close to like 50 or 60%. Come is on. what they're responsible for with the gross domestic product, uh, product. And I don't think it's that much different in Canada. Like, I don't know what the exact number is. I, I'm, I'm willing to say, Rich, it, it would not surprise me if we're higher. Uh, it, it less population, I mean, less, you know, dude, less GDP. I look around sometimes when I'm driving on a road and it's like they repave a section of a road that really didn't need to be repaved. And I'm like, well, why did they do this? And it just you know, dawns on me. It's like, well, to spend some money to have some people do some work so that they can you know, throw more money in the system and, and tax them and put some money in people's pockets to buy shit, right? It wasn't about you know like that needed repair. It was just like they just needed to spend some money on something. Right. Otherwise, it probably doesn't you know. Otherwise, they don't budget get it next, next year. year's budget. Right. Exactly, yeah. right? I want to ask you two more things. Um, the first is I've noticed lately that a lot of entrepreneurs, very, very successful men, you know, that are, that are weapons, you know, they put a dent in the universe. They've created, um, you know, fantastic products and services. But I've noticed lately that most of them are 
predominantly beta males. They mostly lean left. They're more socialists. They're weaker. They have, um, they have, I mean, like you can tell when you talk to somebody and you listen to their vocal tonality, if they're estrogen dominant or if they're testosterone dominant, you can just tell. And I just wanted to ask you that, you know, from your perspective, I don't know if you've noticed that or why you think that is. I, I, I can, I, what I think it is, is that it's just easier. It's easy. Some, some people are geared to, um, lead a pack. Uh, um, uh, and others are not, and there's a role for the, for everybody. I mean, you look at a wolf pack and you know, there's only one alpha, um, right. There's, uh, <laughs> I'm just listening to my wife in the other room. Sorry. Um, you know, so, so it's just easier. You don't have to have those, those, um, those difficult conversations. You don't have to say to, you know, like I've, I've had conversations say, Hey, you know, guys, it's okay to be a man. It just, it, it doesn't, and it, it, doesn't it sound weird to even say that? Like mm -hmm. you have to say, it's okay to be a man. It's okay to be a man. It's, yeah. it's okay to, uh, um, you know, to be masculine. It's like somehow we got flipped and it's, it's just easier. You don't have to, you know, you don't have to endure being shouted down. Um, you don't have to endure, uh, um, um, you know, being beaten into submission with political correctness, right? Yeah. It's just crazy. I find um, it so hard to find guys like that today. I mean, it's one of the reasons why um, I really like, you know, the guys that I roll with in the car club and I've brought you out a few times too, and you've met a lot of them as well. And it's like, yeah, there's no soy there. Like there is yeah. no soy there. I, I don't think we would qualify to, for uh, for Tesla's uh, uh, um, full self-driving full <laughs> program. Yeah, they definitely wouldn't give it to us. There's no, there's no chance. Let me grab these two super chats real quick. And I got one more question for you. The competent man says taxing the gains on equity in a house is usually really not a gain. It's usually just inflation over time and the same purchase. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, like once you factoring uh, property taxes, uh, home repairs and maintenance, and the fact that the um, the value that goes up in the house, what is it? Maybe four or 5% a year, three, four, 5% a year. Well, it, now I mean, like, What's the rate of inflation? It's like, you know, it's the same right now. It's three, it's, four, 5%, isn't it? Yeah. I think the biggest, I, I think the biggest um, thing. It's a that's wash basically. Down. Normally it would be a wash hundred yeah. percent. I think what's going on is they're seeing that the um, uh, equity in homes has been skyrocketing in some cases because you've got foreign investment that's coming in and, and snapping up these places. Toronto was, was a, grossly undervalued cosmopolitan city for you know the guys from rockstar real estate in oakville yeah so um, i was watching a video on their channel like i subscribe to that channel too they don't put out too much but i was watching a video and they were showing how the housing prices track the m1 money supply so the more money that gets pumped into the economy sure. by the fed the housing prices rise at the same rate of course well listen you keep interest rates low you make money readily available People are gonna people are gonna gamble, right? right? They're gonna they're gonna you know look at it. And and in some ways, I don't I don't mind that to a certain extent. Um, I think again, just to finish the thought, I think we saw so much foreign investment, so much um, free money, um, and, and and actually literally free free over the last eighteen months mm -hmm. um, for some people um, that you you've seen these skyrocketing uh, real estate values. You, you know, you buy a place for half a million and, you know, a year and a half later, it's, you know, it's a million dollars. You made half a million dollars in yeah. 18 months. So I think that they looked at that and said, geez, well, um, you know, we've got to, we've got to get a piece of that. Um, you know, we've got to, we've got to figure out how to keep feeding this, this machine that we've created. Right. Yeah. Um, so, so if, you know, again, if you look at from, you know, the 50s, 60s, 70s, house prices didn't, you know, hockey stick, you know, they, they, they did slowly, but it was, you know, a, a, a reasonable, you know, uh, uh, uptick. And now all of a sudden it's been, you know, there well, are hockey no more stick is tracking the same hockey stick with the M1 money supply, the same yeah. amount of money that's pumped in the economy. It's just insane. Crazy. Uh, competent man says in the U S we already have a fed gas tax per gallon. It's supposed to pay for roads, but now, Proposal to add per mile tax, eight cents per. So a typical driver would pay about one dollar, one thousand dollars more per year. Wait till, wait till the social credit system has gotten to the point where they have a, a carbon tax system that's tracking 
your, uh, your fuel consumption, your carbon output, yeah. your carbon output. And then you go to the gas pump one day and you can't get gas because you've yeah. exceeded your limit, you know, for the month. I'm telling you guys, you know, you keep giving up your freedoms, you know, you keep letting them make these unilateral choices on how you can maneuver as a guy around the world. You're going to like, don't be surprised when things start to disappear. And, you know, the other side of the equation too, is what happens to the, to the lefty guys, you know, when they want to go to the grocery store and they want to buy their soy product and they've exceeded their limit because soy is now for the most part grown in the Amazon rainforest where they chop down trees and your carbon tra- tax credit has exceeded your limitations. And now you have to go home with a bag of uh, bugs or something like that, like honey mustard flavored bugs and you can't have your soy. So, you know, like I do like honey mustard. Think about it though. <laughs> think about it though. Um, I want to ask you one more question. Cause I mean, and you can pass on this one if you want, but you've had a very successful relationship with your wife. Yeah. And it's one of the things a lot of guys struggle with. Can you talk about that? You know, you want to talk about any like case yeah, of success sure. that you want to spend? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if I have any answers, but I'm happy to talk about it. Sure. Yeah. I mean, as far as I can tell, uh, like I've known you guys for a long time. You seem pretty solid, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you have your ups and downs like every couple. I mean, if you, if you, if you believe the fairy tale, if you believe that Disney is the goal, it's not going to happen. You just, just let's get that, you know, uh, right out of the gate. But they were, yeah, I mean, you know, uh, um, I, I'm I'm one of the guys that actually loves his wife. I mean, plain and simple. Um, you know what we, um, you know, we we have our disagreements. We kind of, you know, we we agree on core values, which I think was the was one of the is one of the biggest things that that can create a strong relationship. Mm-hmm. I I am who I am. I've I've never. Did you guys talk about that before you got together? Like, did you like lay the groundwork yeah. on what your core values were? Did you just kind of watch the behavior and then decide? Yeah. You? Great question. Yeah, no, we, we did. We spoke, um, you know, uh, um, geez, in the beginning, we just wouldn't shut up. So we, we, you know, and we've been married a long time now and we dated a long time. So, so, you know, you don't have those same, um, um, what's the word I'm looking for, you know, um, uh, uh, passionate conversations because we're mm-hmm. we're literally trying to find out about somebody, right? So what kind of oh, and I like so, and this is the soap I like, and you know all these crazy things. Um, we know all that stuff now, but yeah, man, we would sit there at, at uh, um, wherever we were out on a date at a bar or whatever, and we'd sit there and talk about you know, well, what do you think? What do you you know? What's your, what do you think is the? And we actually, I, I do remember this conversation. What do you think is? is the guy's role. What is your role? I'm like, you know, and, and we actually walk around now and it's, we have pink jobs and blue jobs. And I, mm-hmm. I know you're not allowed to say pink and blue anymore. Are you allowed to say pink and blue anymore? I don't you can say whatever you want on my channel, bro. <laughs> I'm not going right? to censor. So, yeah, no, we have, no, no, that's a pink job. Right. Yeah. And it's the, no, 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 that's a pink job. And, and, or I'll say, Hey, can you, and she's like, no, 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 that's a blue job. You know, mm-hmm. go get your fucking ass in gear and, and mm-hmm. get it done. So, you know, we have those kinds of conversations and we're, we're honest and we, we try and talk things out. Do we, do we argue hundred um, percent? What do you think when, um, when you're at like a, I don't know, event or you're around a bunch of other couples and you know, there's always that one guy that says, well, happy wife, happy life. Like, what do you think of that? I, I believe there's some truth to that, but I believe that the context is wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, um, you know, in order, in order for me to give, um, my wife, the things that make her happy to some level, she has to give me some of the things that make me happy. And mm-hmm. I think that kind of makes a little more sense. But if what, if what you mean when you say that is, uh, no, no, you just, um, you know, fucking tuck your tail and, and, uh, you know, do whatever it is that, that she wants and makes her happy. Um, <laughs> you're in for a long ride, my friend, and it's not going to be fun. Mm. It's just not. We, we sit there and, and, and we've sat, we've had conversations and we've, we've had um, people that we know have gone through some pretty bad stuff and she's mm-hmm. actually come to me, but, and you know, we've, we've had them and it's like, geez, you know, sometimes he's just got to step up and if I can say, no, that's not how it's going to play out. Right. Mm. It's, I, I think, I think strong women, appreciate strong men stronger men yeah they're not afraid of them they they get it like i never understood this that whole um rhetoric it's like oh well um somehow uh, um somehow being uh, um you know men and women are are the same and 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 i think they confuse equal and the same 
Mm-hmm. Men and women are not the same. And frankly, I love the differences between men and women. Amen. Um, right. But, but at the end of the day, um, just because we're different doesn't mean we're not equal. Like mm-hmm. I look at my wife as an equal, we just have different roles. Right. And we love Perfect. each other for the roles that we have, man. It's, it's good. It's like, but you, you know, you've got, you've got to have those, you got to have those tough conversations and you've got to, you got to have some balls, right? You got to be able to say, Hey, listen, um, uh, um, this is, this is the way I am. This is the way it works. Right. And she's listen, that doesn't prevent women from standing up and saying the same. You got to decide if you're compatible or not at the end of the day. All right. Well, with that being said, we've killed an hour. That went by fast. That was awesome. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm going to wrap it up because I want to respect your time. I know you have some stuff to do. Um, where can people find you if you want to put out some uh, like social or anything where you want people to follow you? Is there anything that yeah, you want to mention? Jeez. Um, uh, Instagram is the kind of Instagram, Facebook. I'm looking at, at starting up some uh, um, a podcast, but Instagram is uh, at Pistol Pete Ferrante. Um, uh, two R's in Ferrante. And then um, Facebook is just Pete Ferrante, Peter Ferrante. Sorry. Um, there you go, guys. That's so, it. And that's, and, and if, you know, if I do good decide to run with that, I love this format, by the way. So if I do decide to run with it, we'll, uh, we'll have you out as the first guest and you can, you can, you know, uh, um, show me the ropes here. You I'm got it. In. All right, brother. Uh, stick around for a sec while I end the show. Thanks 100%. guys. And yeah. next Monday I have uh Rolo on uh, the unplugged alpha podcast talking about religion and the red pill. So we'll see you guys then. Peace out.